let me read to you what Fuse ODG tweeted. He tweeted uh, a reply to Michael Blackson's interview or his statement. He said, Mike, I don't know how you go on drink champs and say there are only four artists in Ghana. Not cool, bro. I've personally introduced you to a lot of GH artists in Ghana. Shaking my head. Stop embarrassing us on these platforms. You're supposed to educate them. You are supposed to educate them. This is the response that Fuse ODG gave uh, to Michael Blackson's statement on Drink Champs. Now, after this, I, I saw a lot of tweets from Michael Blackson trying to explain what he did or what he said. Uh, initially, he said, okay, uh, he's not forgotten about all that Fuse told him. Yes, that was one of the tweets that he put up. And then he goes ahead to say that. Um, let me read this to you. So Michael Blassen says, I need to get to know more of my Ghana artists because the only names I can remember are Shatawali, Stoneboy, Sakodie, Black Sheriff, and now he adds D-Black, D-Black, and now my artist, Gambo. Okay, so Gambo is an artist. He's signed to his record label. And uh, he mentioned Gambo as well. And in another tweet, Michael Blackson says, I think the main reason we don't have enough artists in Ghana is because we don't put each other on. Nigerian artists put each other on all the time. And that's why there are so many stars there. Mm. Okay, putting each other on. He says, listen, my Ghana artists, you're all different in your own way. So no need to feel threatened. If you see talent, help him out. God will bless you and make you bigger. Another one comes, and this one was a reply to a tweet by somebody called uh, Oni with a hoodie. Okay, so he says, Michael says, thanks. I've heard of Camido and Kim Promise. Camido is on my playlist, and I listened to him today. I had no idea he was from Ghana. My bad. Okay, so that was a statement or a tweet from Michael Blackson. All right, so still right here on Joy Entertainment Unpacked. This is where we try to let you understand all the issues, all the very critical issues in the world of art, showbiz, culture, tourism. And so we sift them. We let you understand what is relevant to our industry. That's what we do right here on the Spaces Convo. My name is Kwame Das. Now, we have some other people join us right here. We have, uh, uh, we have DJ Ashman, I see you. We have uh, Mix Master Gazi, I see you. We have Panji Anov, who is a very great music producer and creative right here in Ghana, also joined us. Uh, we have uh, a lot of people joining us as of now already. Our speakers, some of them are on. Kofi Beats Menace is on. We have Trickmatic. We have Mark Dalenton also right here with us. Let me welcome them officially. Okay, yes, let me formally welcome my speakers so we can start. Kofi, good evening. Hello, Beats Menace. Yes, sir. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? 
Great, great, great. We're here once again to talk about the industry and how we can make things happen for ourselves. And so we're back for God and country. <laughs> that's the only way. How are you do? <laughs> how are you going to do? Um, all right. So that's Kofi Bitmanes. He is an audio engineer. He's one uh, creative who is well versed in almost every aspect of the creative industry. Now, let me go to Trickmatic. Yes, he had to make time for us, you know, uh, for this discussion. Hello, Trick. Yo, yo, yo. Kwame. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Uh, well, I'm good. We're just, uh, we keep doing what we have to do. Nice one. <laughs> nice one. Let me yeah. speak to Mark Darlington. Hello, Darlington. Hello, Kwame. Greetings, everyone. How are you doing, Kwame? We're doing well right here. Great, great, great. great nice great. one. Nice one. So we we are just going straight uh, into action. We're talking about Michael Blackson's statement on Brinks Champ. You know, he's saying we have just four music stars, four music stars in Ghana. And he mentioned them. He mentioned Shata Wallace, Tomboy, Sakodie, and Black Sherry. You know, trying to make a point at that time that, you know, he was... Um, establishing a record label and he had signed onto the label Gamble, you know, so that he adds another artist or music star to the four that we have already. And people were like, no, you did not speak well. Fuse ODG disagreed. A lot of people disagreed with him. Now, le- let, me, let me pick your initial thoughts. Let me pick your initial thoughts um, about this whole about this whole uh, 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 scenario. Now, let me also acknowledge that Baba Sadiq is on right now. Baba Sadiq is a music and a media entrepreneur. Now, he is um, vying for the position of the NDC parliamentary candidate for Okaikwe Central. And so he's a politician now, you know. Now we, we, we know, now we admit that even though he's part of us, he's not a politician. Hello, sir. Hello, Kwame. Baba Sadiq. Yes, Kwame. Honorable, what's up? I beg. I know you're honorable yet. Sally, <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. Beg. Welcome welcome to the convo this evening. Right, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Nice. Nice one. Nice one. Yeah. So let me take uh, your initial thoughts about this whole thing that um, Blackson, Michael Blackson said on Drink Champs. Let me start with you, Kofi Bates Menace. Um what what do you make of the whole statement when you heard it at first? What was your, your impression? Oh well, um Charlie, it's a mixed bag for me. Um first off, I mean I, I got wind of the whole situation on Twitter. I didn't I didn't pay much attention to it because I, I feel um everyone has a right to their opinion and on a deeper level, I, I sort of understand where he's coming from. And I guess as we um, move on with the conversation, as the conversation progresses, I'll break it Great. down. Great. Because I feel... Um, so, so, you know, after, after reading um, the back and forth on Twitter and, you know, the Twitter police, Charlie, doing house cleaning and things, you know, I, I, was, I was forced to go you know, watch the interview. And it, it was a very long one, like three hours plus. You, Bob, I, I must admit, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd, here's a disclaimer. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't watch all of it, but the little I saw, um, 
I have quite a lot of things to say about it, okay? In, okay. in defense and against it, okay? That's why I said it's a mixed bag. Okay. And so it's important. Okay. I think context is also crucial. Maybe statements he may have made before he made that statement and perhaps statements he may have made after he made that statement. Because sometimes if you just take like uh, quotables from like a lengthy conversation, especially the way, you know, it's commonly... Um, put online it's you know you can easily fall for clickbait you understand what i mean so i mean yeah. I, I guess as the, the conversation progresses we would touch on a few things okay nice one hello hello trick yeah hello yeah i can hear you great so um trick did you did you listen to that interview or have you read anything about it? I just read verbatim what he said in that interview. What do you make of it? Your initial yeah, thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah, just just like Kofi, I watched a bit of it, um, and uh, I, I watched a bit of uh, the parts where um, a lot of the noise were, were going on about. And um, I think just just like Kofi, I I also have um, my own thoughts about it. I. For me, I kept hearing him say, um, "What what he's seen, what he's seen." So that that means it's his opinion, and it's not like the general truth, you know. Um, and I think he's entitled to his opinions, like like Kofi said. And so for me, I think that the, the topic is even a broader topic, you know, without him having to make that statement. And I wish we were discussing not based off that. Um, writing off that that uh, that statement, but seeing it as a more open discussion about how Ghanaian music can be promoted globally. Um, however, um, this is the case. But for me, if uh, I'm narrowing it down to what um, he said, I think he was pre he pretty much made it his truth and not the general truth from what I saw. Okay. Okay, uh, I'll come back to you, Trick. Let me move to Baba Sadiq. Hello, Baba. Baba Sadiq, okay. Um, if Baba is not ready, let's speak to Mark Darlington. Hello, Mark. Yeah, hello, Kwame. Yes, your initial thoughts on of this particular um, interview. Yeah, I watched uh, parts of the clip, um, some comments preceding that and after that as well. And... Um, <laughs> it's it's mixed for me as well. Um, in a way, he's not too far from the truth, but how he put it across on the platform, I think I would have an issue. If he had said it's his opinion in the first place, so everyone is entitled. Opinions are like noses. <laughs> so I, it's his opinion and he's entitled to it. However, um, if we go deep into it, I see where he's coming from as well from his perspective, especially from, uh, for someone who doesn't live in Ghana, but this is Ghana, and that's his opinion, and he's entitled to it. He may have a point, but I think we're going to be breaking it down so I can actually speak from both angles what I, I really think of what he said. Okay. Thank you very much. Baba Sadiq, are you ready to speak now? Okay. Yes, I'm um... yeah, so we're taking your initial thoughts on this. I'm not sure what to make of it, uh, but um, I mean, of course, I mean, he was passing his opinion, 
in his opinion, as Michael Blackson, having scanned the space, having listened, he thinks that um, there aren't uh, there are just about f- what four he says what four mainstream acts, you know, um, in the in in the country. Um, he perhaps has his own definition of what mainstream acts is, and if we judge by the extra commentary that has been passed, I'm sure that he was looking at it from the perspective of what he's seen Nigerian or other African talents do across the world. Perhaps from where he sits, as somebody that predominantly stays in America, he measures mainstream acts by those people that have broken through and gained mainstream attention in America. The American market is big and wide. There's the niche, diaspora, African market, and then there's American American market. When you've broken to bring broken to and become mainstream, <clears throat> essentially is what it is. Perhaps he was referring to the fact that he's listening to everybody, he's brilliant talents and everything, but for some reason, um, he's having the expectation that they should also have broken through in the ways that he's seen other Nigerian talents do, and maybe it's for him. If that operational definition of mainstream is anything to go by, for him, he doesn't see all of um, that. The other part about it, though, is that I don't know if he was quite trying to introduce Gambo as one of the mainstream acts. And <clears throat> if indeed he was trying to introduce Gambo <clears throat> as one of the mainstream acts that he, he knew, then he was just being his comedic self, you know, because obviously, um, not to take anything away from Gambo, but nobody even in a country here in Ghana would say Gambo has really, really broken through and gained that mainstream attention yet. So if you were looking to, to have used that principle of um, other Nigerian talents that are broken through in America as a yardstick to go by, um, then definitely most of the things that he said isn't justified if he uses Gambo as an example of a mainstream act as one of the four that he okay. So Baba, um, let me quote him verbatim here again. So when he said, we only have four people in the country. And by saying people, he meant artists. And I'm like, this, this is him speaking. And I'm like, let me make the fifth star that is Gambo. So he didn't say Gambo was a star or the mainstream art. But he was saying he was preparing Gambo to be the fifth star. Well, well in terms of the country, again, there are a lot more stars um, that we know, Kwame. I mean, not to take anything away from anybody. There are a lot more stars across board. I mean, stars that have broken through in their own right um, per the standards of that we know of. You know, so there are a lot more stars. So it's not true. It's not justified to having to um, present to a predominantly American audience that there are stars in the country. I mean, this, this, regardless of the challenges that Ghanaian talent do have relative to um their their lack of or their of um ability to really and truly break through and gain global dominance we have our own stars stars in their own right you know so his view regarding the fact that i mean there are stars in the country essentially is not justified great so you've been talking about mainstream of course he used the word mainstream when he was explaining in the tweet but in his interview, he mentioned star, star, star. So if you are to put this in perspective as in a music star, how, how do we define or describe a star, a music star? What are the parameters? 
if we use again, if you use his, um, you could see that he was he was going by the operational definition of mainstream in the ways that he thought of it, and then I think in his in this commentary I saw another commentary where he was um, making a comparative analysis of what Nigerians have been try have been able to do. So as somebody that stays in America, for instance, when he says something is mainstream. There could be differences between um, what was it called, what he's aiming at, and then what when we say somebody is mainstream. Essentially, mainstream is somebody that has a Hello, Sadiq. Hello? Uh, can anybody hear Sadiq speak? Um, no, I think no. it's... I think it's okay, his uh, line is know. tripping. Okay, so uh, let, let me let me come to you, Magdalene. Let, let me come to you, Magdalene. Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking about mainstream, music star, and all of that. Do you think do you think we have just four music stars or mainstream acts in Ghana? Um, I think it's perspective. It depends on what mainstream you would define mainstream as. Mainstream in terms of what? The American market, Ghanaian market, African market, what internationally. Um so it's it's uh, perspective really. Um I think, but I think we've got more than four mainstream. If you take away the Sarko, the Black Cherry, Shatawale, Stone Boy, uh, we, we have the King Promises, the Kiddy, uh, who's uh, made it so big, it's even collaborating with uh, artists from India, and which is a huge market, and etc. You've got uh, the Kwame Eugene Samini, and others also going to win uh, the Mobos. R2B is doing their thing. Kelvin Boy, you understand? So Jackie uh, Amare, I could mention uh, quite quite a few. You've got the Yao Tog also breaking through, uh, you know, the Darko vibes, uh, the FES. So I think it depends. It depends on which perspective and how you would want to define mainstream. Are, are we talking about music passing <laughs> across uh, to America or to the UK? So it's... But surely we have more than four, more than four. Even uh, we've got people that were able to break through uh, even before this current crop of artists. You've got those CBSs and all of those that were doing their own thing back. Uh, some might, might say, oh, oh CBSA will be a UK group, etc. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's just one. It depends on um, what the yardstick is in measuring mainstream from which perspective. Okay, so so don't you think uh, per the discussion and the contest, he was just trying to talk about artists that have global dominance or international mm -hmm. recognition? Yeah, well, um, yeah, it, that's why I said perspective. If you're talking from that perspective, yes, uh, we all know we've got quite a lot of the um, Nigerian acts uh, breaking through because of their links and association with uh, the big labels, the Atlantic Records, and all of those things, some link to uh, all these huge labels. So 
in in those uh, aspects, yes, uh, they've got bigger numbers uh, than us on the international stages. But we've also had, uh, I think we even took the lead in that. If he's talking currently, well, he has a point that there are more Nigerians than Ghanaians breaking through. But um, if you uh, measure exponentially, Nigeria is a bigger, it's a bigger, um, it's a bigger market than ours. Anyway, I, I think we are maybe they are about maybe four times or even more bigger than that. So of course, if they are breaking through, there'll, there'll be more breaking through from that side because it's it's a bigger it's a bigger market. So if you're using that as just the measuring stick, the number of people. I think uh, you'll be doing a disservice to Ghanaian acts who have been really pushing to uh, get our music out there. So, yes, okay. um, there are lots more uh, <coughs> Nigerians, but uh, Ghana with our market, I think we've done pretty well so far. We could, have, we could do better, but I don't think it's, it's a fair comparison. Okay. Um, before before I come back to Sadiq, let me go to Kofi Beats Menace. Um, Kofi, are you on? L let me ask you: do, do we do we have do we have just four music stars in Ghana or mainstream acts in Ghana? Do we have only four? And if you had a chance to 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 list some mainstream acts that we have in Ghana, would you have given a different list from what he gave? Um. Well, first first of all, I. Even at the time I saw his statement, I, I saw it more from a, um, I saw it more as allegory than just factual numbers, okay? And I think we are very emotional people, and so it was so easy to jump on the bandwagon and then bash him for saying it, and others, you know, do, you know felt inclined to do um, the opposite. But in all, personally, I, I think um, the fact that he was able to confidently say that Ghana has four artists is, an, is a direct indictment on us as a people, period. Because you and I know, obviously, we have more than four superstars, right? But nobody go free stands on place, Doxy. Nigerians get only six superstars. You can't do it. It means we have work to do. And I think the media also has a very important role to play in that. No, I do not think we have four artists. Do we have enough global superstars? Now, my definition of my yardstick as paired conversation is in relation to the fact that he mentioned the Burner Boys, the Davidos. So these are very commercial artists performing primarily in the popular music space. Now, even the popular music space is vast specifically the Afrobeats space. Now, if you come to Ghana, we have artists who are doing um, 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 similar things, like the Burner Boys. Unfortunately, many of them are not the younger artists. They are the older artists. If you have an artist who is 80 plus, Abel Taylor, I'm speaking about, you know, about in, I think, 2015, he had a, he had a tour in, in, in some parts of Asia. He went to Japan. Tickets sold out in a few hours. Fans literally had to wait for him at the airport just to get a glimpse of him because they couldn't get a chance to, to, to attend the concert. If that isn't star power or a global superstar, I don't know what is. And um, for, people who, for people who have heard me speak a number of times on different platforms, 
I have always been of the, you know, of the opinion, especially on Clubhouse. This was like during the pandemic when we're all stuck at home, you know, not having much to do. Back in the day, a lot of the younger artists we were spotlighting as those who were carrying the torch would travel outside of Ghana to perform to a primarily Ghanaian audience, come back and tell us that they're doing international tours. You see? So we need to, we, I think we have a lot of skewing to do when it comes to quantifying what it means to have a true fan base and also an audience, which is where I think the problem actually uh, begins. I think the biggest mistake we make in Ghana is um, a lot of production companies, a lot of entities acting as labels or business managements of artists out of the mindset that you need an audience to build a base, but it actually works in reverse because we need to understand that, of course, other factors come into it. You know, as the conversation progresses, we'll break some of these things down. But we need to make a clear distinction between a fan base and an audience, okay? An audience knows your song. The fan base knows you. So you build a fan base first, and then the audience will come later. If the audience comes first, then you're nothing, you're, you're, you're nothing more than a song or like a viral moment, which is why um, when a lot of people speak about Ghanaian artists, certain names might come up. They don't know much about the artist and they mention just the song. And that's it. Conversation ends. You understand? We need to get to a point where it becomes like a cultural phenomenon. You know? And yeah. there are deeper conversations that form the foundation of this discussion, actually. It goes just way beyond that tweet. I guess I'll touch on some of it, you know, as the as the conversation progresses, but you know, I'll wait for my fellow panelists okay. to, to speak yet. Thank you about. very much. Kofi Beats Menace, audio engineer. He is a multidisciplinary creative here on Joy Entertainment Unpacked. Joy 997 Twitter page right now. We do this every Wednesday right here. Make sure that you understand all our issues uh, on art, tourism, and culture. My name is Kwame Dazi. Let me move to Trig Matek and ask him. Hello, Trig. Hello, Kwame. Um, so are you satisfied with uh, the four people that Black mentioned, Blackson mentioned? Um, when you say satisfied, uh, like I don't, I don't, how do you mean? If you had, if you had the, if you had the power to maybe give a different list, would you have, would, would you have changed it? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly, like I said, from the video that I listened to, he, he one word that he said, I don't know how everyone is skipping that, but he did say that he knows. That was the, one of the first things that I heard. I said the, the people I know before he brought it up again and did and omitted that. So I take it that is his opinion, is his one story, is his story. Um, however, um, that like I said, that is not the entire truth. That's not the truth. But it's not it's not far from it, like everyone has said. Um, if you look at artists like like Santrophy, if you look at a, a band like Santrophy, if you look at um Tedu Blay Umbuli, um in, 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 in the past two or three years. Um, she, if, like I said, I was, I think one of the spaces I said, I was in Sierra Leone 
and I, I could see, I could hear the rotation of artists like Bisakede and and Amore. Um, if if you travel and you hear songs like like the Fuse, uh, like Fuse and and many other artists, but just like Kofi said, and and I wanted to say it, and I'm I'm happy he said it. Um, we are all beginning to see the the see the the the, the extent of hurt that we've all done to ourselves um, by how we've um, determined we've determined you know from either from the, the media side or sometimes punditry and everything highlighting um, um, and, and not expanding the highlight on Ghanaian musicians as as a whole and limiting it to a box and so that's that's what's causing that because like just on the back of what Kofi said there's so many artists that, that are doing amazingly well in in the same light however these may not be artists that you hear on a regular or being discussed or their their songs being played and Kofi spoke about distinguishing between the, the fan base and 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 have it because for instance um, I'm not I'm not in Ghana currently and when I I moved from Joburg to Cape Town I realized that the the only artist that is Ghanaian that I'm, I hear of often is a young chap that I knew in Ghana who has moved to Libya and his name is Dope Boy and everybody on the streets knows him but nobody knows him in in Amsterdam there's this other guy that's like they call him like the Sarkodie of Amsterdam and Everybody knows him between Belgium and Amsterdam and all the other European countries. But Ghanaian mainstream radio does not know him. And so I think that this opens up the conversation to, to, to iron out some of these things, like Kofi said. It's, 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 it's a good start for such a conversation. It's, it's important that we have these conversations. And, and, and for me, for me, I wouldn't take it from just the black scene point, point to say that, oh, I'm unhappy with what he said because we have allowed room for such a statement, you know, and, and just like Kofi said, um, there are certain artists that you'll be amazed that they are known, like Nigerian artists that are known on the international front but may not be as big on, on local Nigerian radio and there are certain local Nigerian artists that are being played every day on local Nigeria radio that are not known on the international platform, and so it, it, it's 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 a bag of everything, and so we have to be very careful. And and this for me, like I said, is is a learn it's a learning curve for all of us, um, whether we're in radio, whether even as musicians ourselves, and all of that. I say that the African musician or like the Ghanaian musician is sad that when we do a collaboration with an artist from say Mali. Guinea, Benin, we do not think it's an international collaboration. And it's sad to start with because there are artists, like artists like Bisakebe will go, will go to Guinea and will go to Sierra Leone and, and, and play major shows. Guru played a show four years ago and, and, and it was in a stadium in, in Sierra Leone. It was packed. It was packed. And, 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 and it wasn't spoken of. And so... And so it's, it's just how we understand. I don't know whether we don't think that moving from here to Togo is not an international move. Or I don't, I don't know why, because we, it's, it's, an, it's within the African continent, it's not big enough. We're always waiting to see it happen 
within the Americas and then and then the UKs and all of that. Like like Magdalene Singh said, Kitty did a song with um, an Indian artist, and I think for me yeah. it was one of the biggest moves because because India, when in terms of population, I mean, if you're able to break into their markets, is it's one of the biggest things to 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 have happened to a Ghanaian artist. You understand? But it's just how we eulogize those things. Do we think is is worthy of being called this or that? It's it's where sometimes we fall short. Great story right here. Joy Entertainment Unpacked right here. My name is Kwame Daz. Now we have some people join us. And Baba, I'll come to you. We have um Annie. Osabute, join us right now. We have um, now. We have Nash, Nash Edie. We have Lexus Bill, who is Drive Time host on Joy 99.7 FM. We have Mix Master Gazi, Panji Anov is on as well. Kenneth works here at uh, the Multimedia Group. We have Noella Karen Yali, tongue twister. Okay, she also works right here at uh, Multimedia Group. We have um, other people. Also join this discussion tonight. We're looking at how we can promote Ghanaian music globally, just using Michael Blackson's interview on Drink Champs as a case in point, where he just mentioned four Ghanaian artists as the only music stars that we have in Ghana. But the big question is, how well do we promote Ghanaian music globally? Now, if you have the chance to maybe go on that big platform, how well should you represent Ghana? How well should you market Ghanaian artists to the world? That is the bigger conversation. So we are opening this up a bit right now. Let me speak to Baba Sadiq. Baba, so yeah. the bigger conversation right now is how we can reposition ourselves in marketing Ghanaian talents out there. So, so that if you have the chance to maybe go on a big platform like Drink Champs, you know how well you can also put your country out there. What do you think we are, we are lacking or we lack as a people in promoting each other? Because in one of the tweets that Blackson put out, it says, Nigerian artists put each other on. Is this something that we lack? Is it a weakness on the part of Ghanaians? I think what we... <laughs> lack sometimes is um, individually when we are as part of the chain the, sometimes we lack our own the understanding of our own um, um, impact in in developing or spreading growth you know um, sometimes we can also be so entitled uh, but like Trick was saying part of the problem often comes down to perspectives and narratives across the world often the bigger markets or the bigger countries shape the narratives and the standardization and they they try to they try to rip everybody into line within it. So so for instance, uh, Michael Blackson coming from predominantly the US market and having an understanding or personal definition of what a mainstream act is when it comes to that market, I mean he's using that narrative to us. But like Trig is also saying, maybe if we begin to own our own narratives and reshape it, then we would have a certain level of understanding. Because come to think about it, if you go to the US, if we're strictly using the numbers lately, digital numbers, an artist could be considered mainstream or bigger and gain that much prominence if he probably has a certain number, a certain numbers 
YouTube, Spotify, and everything. Again, there's a possibility that you would have African talent that because of our collaborations and connections and taking advantage of that one billion market we're talking about in Africa, we could be able to achieve almost the same numbers. In that instance, who is determining what mainstream is to us? when we have our own personal definition what what mainstream is and we're taking advantage of it, you know. But really in terms of pushing and promoting, we all need to understand our role in the chain and how we can all enable each other. Again, also because because we come from an industry where there isn't, this is even more so because we, we operate in an industry where we don't have a lot more money to go around for everybody to share. I've always maintained that, um, Primarily, your primary market essentially is one of your most important markets. The primary market here, which is Ghana, I've always maintained, is about 300 million cities. <laughs> 300 million cities per annum. Now, 300 million cities per annum, there's, there's, there's a limitation to which you can go. There's a limitation to which you can um, take advantage or access capital to be able to power yourself to the world. You know, And here's a case where, again, the West is setting a standard for us in terms of what a mainstream is and where we should go and everything. So in that instance, we all seem lost. We all are chasing that utopia. And some may get it, some may not get it. But it's a tall order to be able to attain that. It's a tall order. Look, there are three mega labels in the world. These three mega labels in the world control the value chain of the music across the world. They own all the smaller imprints and smaller labels in fact they are also co-owners of the digital music streaming platforms anyway from apple spotify boomplay checking their ownership you would see these three mega labels are in there somewhere somewhere without that the distribution will come to you again come down to even the aggregators the dsps they are investing in them they are acquiring them universal now owns empire you know which sign black sheriff and all of that you know and they are acquiring all the smaller or all the uh, um, other DSPs in it. So essentially, the value chain of the music, they control it. And then they have managed to create a bigger narrative of if you fuck with us and you gain the world's attention, you are mainstream. If you don't fuck with us, you are not mainstream. So like Trigg is saying, it, it's a choice. Uh, it's something that we all need to work. We, we all need to come to full realization of. It's the same um session we've always had about um, the West and the media, you know, where, I mean, there are, are, are other bigger uh, media organizations in Africa, but essentially the question, conversation is, unless CNN takes you up, even if they are, because a lot of people don't know that CNN has different feeds. Some of the feeds you see on DSTV is not what the world sees. <laughs> so you see your African voices and all of those things and stuff like that. It may not show in Af America, or you may not show in other markets where they are. You know, it's the same thing. DSTV, um, MTV. MTV has different feeds now. So if you do not get on a certain... These days they have the African MTV Africa that's broadcast to only South Africa. They have the MTV base. Now they are, they are doing the regionalization for um, different, different parts of Africa. And so it's the same thing when it comes to the same uh, the, uh, the media. So I think that what the bigger labels, together with their narrative influences have done is to create a bigger standardization for us to aspire to. So in that instance where you do not aspire to that, even if you have your own localized mainstream definitions where you're doing well and they know that it's a tall order. It, look, it's a tall order, tall order really. 
tall order really to get that global dominance and no artist can do it on their own no it's too expensive it's it's a lot of work you cannot do it you cannot do it so it's either we come to the realization that listen 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 for you to be what they've managed to do and there's a whole lot of politics in and around it for you to be able to achieve what they've been able to do with banner boy whiskey or or the or the video or any other artist they they, they they pick up from africa to achieve that even with that it is not proper proper mainstream but whatever achievement they whatever thing they do even if it's not true in your face in with these markets there's a way they project it back home and take advantage of it there's a way they project it back home and take advantage of it the primary market has always been any artist's most important market which is your ghana and its extension into the diaspora and africa like trick is saying maybe it's time if we're really ready but it's a lot of work other than that you know but everything comes down again to investment money and the size of the market makes it difficult for you to assess that investment and so lately all the artists that we've seen gain a semblance of um the narrative the standard that they've created for us like black sheriff have had to be aided by them you know, so it's it's one of two things. I mean, <laughs> either we put uh-huh. our, ma- our money where our mouth is, or we begin to come <laughs> to the realization and then begin to take reach step and understand our power okay. as uh, an African market, and then begin to collaborate, begin to hold each other and enable market for each other. Particularly where there's no money, too much money to go around. So for the media, for instance, where they should have this promotional strategy, maybe we should be protecting market for them as talent we should be amplifying them we should go in the extra mile by finding all those talents that place artistic whatever first and are able to do it and then promoting them but then the other question would always be for us when we do that what is that silver lining of purpose in terms of what we get back of course there's a whole um, content angle there's a whole audience acquisition angle but then again what is the real value maybe all of us should be able to determine that and then begin to move in that particular way. Once we can do that, focus on our prime market, develop it, build it, and, and and take hold of our own narrative of what mainstream is, maybe if they come in here, they won't come with that operational definition that they've created for the world to chase them or aspire to. They will perhaps may be forced to work with whatever we've built here. Okay, let me come to Kofi then. I come to trigger the Mark Dalinton. Now, Kofi... <laughs> What haven't we done right in projecting Ghanaian music globally? Um, I think uh, the mistake we're making is actually looking at strict, looking at it strictly from uh, a lens of music, like looking at the music alone in isolation. We have to look at culture, culture capital. That's the problem. We don't know how to leverage or harness culture. Okay, we need to understand culture capital. Leverage it. I mean, if you think about it, when you go to a new, a new country, a new town, there's a strange place you've never been to. If you want to get a sensibility of the people who live there, you do two things primarily. Um, you eat their food, listen to the music, and you understand the people to a certain level before you can delve deeper and then get into the language. Okay, so music is a very powerful tool. I mean, I'm sure many people on here, I mean, Charlie, we know the number of Ghanaian artists who try so hard to sound Jamaican. Okay. And yes, there is a thing to be said about population and available capital, just like Baba Sadiq said. 
But there's also another side to the coin. Okay, even before digital was a thing, reggae in Jamaica literally shaped every other contemporary style of music globally. Let that sink in. If you've met like a true, true Jamaican, listen, you'd find, you'd find third and fourth generation Jamaicans in any part of the world and they can speak their patois. But you meet a Ghana guy who was born in Latebi Okoshi, he never sits plain inside. When I meet him to say hello, the first name he mentions is a European name. That's the problem. And there's something I keep telling people. You walk into a room with a Ghanaian, a Nigerian, a Jamaican, the Nigerian and the Jamaican would make you feel a need to be either Nigerian or Jamaican, not Ghanaian. That's the problem. That's the fundamental problem there. Now, Baba Sadiq said something super, super important, and I, I am super excited he kept hammering on that. And that has been my biggest problem. Uh, just yesterday, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on a, a WhatsApp group with um, a lot of artists, musicians, artist managers, and things like that. And somebody shared a random um, video of a bunch of white people playing uh, uh, our traditional drums singing some crazy panlugu. They were drumming and singing at the same time. Somewhere in Jamestown or, you know, British Accra, you know, one of those places, Bukum or one of those places. I happen to know the leader of the group. And this is a guy who's been traveling to Ghana for some time now. He understands more about our culture and our music than we do. That is a problem. We're all on social media some time back when we saw Valentino uh, do their take on their Ahinima Adelai, and it was selling for like 1,500 euros. I think it was in GQ magazine or something like that. And Ghanaians bore the vex. We there, we there bore the vex when people take our stuff. But our stuff there, we never they place value on us. <laughs> we only realize it's a thing of value after someone has taken it. So even with the, the whole argument with regards to population, Ghana is a small country, we know that, right? If we had functioning systems, if we had media entities, if we had media laws that were shaped by policy that was forward-thinking to empower creatives and artists, we wouldn't have some of these problems. When I heard the whole 70%, was it 80% or 70% Ghana music? I think it was last year or two years ago. I was like, oh, this is a smart move. It was a brilliant solution to a prevalent problem. But that in itself was also quite revealing about how broken our system is. Do you know why? If we had a proper culture policy, like cultural policy for media that was enforced fully, we wouldn't have come to that point. Because maybe government would have tax incentives for um, uh, media entities that if, if, if you log and we have proof that you play X amount of local content you get some tax rebates or tax write-offs saying things like that so we won't even come to a point where somebody feels oh we fall do a luta make some of these media entities play more Ghanaian music that was a problem before there was internet people came up with reggae Charlie, before reggae became a thing, before reggae became an established genre, all types of recorded music was recorded, performed, and mixed 
and captured on a tangible form or on a tangible uh, device and played back in such a way that the bass and the kick drum was barely audible. So if reggae did not happen, hip-hop will sound very different today. Even our recorded highlights. And if a small island, which is literally a few times bigger, the entire country is a few times bigger than Accra, can impact global music before there was an Apple Music or a Spotify. I beg, this one a conversation about, uh, what do you call it, size and population is a bit old because I think what it does is it serves as a crutch so we don't think proactively to find sustainable solutions to very deep-rooted problems. I used to buy in 2015, uh -huh. opened for the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones, though. People like Jay-Z opened for the Rolling Stones. This was in 2015. How many years ago? No media entity in Ghana covered it. That is a problem. The media is powerful because it shapes or reorients the minds of people without their permission. So the kind of content we put on media every day, digital media, media traditional media, is very telling. We have a broken rights management system. We have a broken royalties uh, collection system. If these systems worked, do you know Ghana has one of the most congested, uh, what do you call it? Um, is, Ghana is oh, one wait. of the most congested uh, um, countries. Airwaves. Yeah, airwaves, when it comes to like FM stations and things, digital and analog. Imagine if Royal, Charlie, all these entities, then they play musical. Ghana, a child is born, somebody marries, somebody dies, somebody self travel comes if they play music. They go sit on by in front, play music. All these things be revenue for artists. So they, we don't get money, we don't get money. Where's that conversation coming from? We need to start thinking proactively and we need to start putting actions behind words because, Charlie, this thing is getting old. Now, there's a cartel that operates globally. Sadiq mentioned it. I don't want to even go there. We, we know and understand it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about business people. When there's an opportunity, they'll always come. Do you know why they have Latin Grammy Awards? If you lived in America before and you live among Hispanics or Latinas, you'd realize that, Charlie, no matter how far removed they are from Puerto Rico or wherever, Cuba, whatever, they have their names, they speak the language, they are proud of their heritage, they eat their foods. Even those who are not even fully, um, fully uh, Hispanic or Latina or whatever, they are very proud of their heritage, which was why in the various Latin, America, uh, Latin American countries from the early 2000s. Actually, it goes way beyond that. We started hearing about it when uh, gasolina and all those things came up, uh, reggaeton. You understand? It, has been it had been happening for a long time. But it got so undeniable that even the West could not ignore it. And they gave them their own Grammy, uh, what do you call it, award scheme. Now, the Latina music is shaping now, well, to a certain degree, Afrobeats too, the mainstream sound of pop music. But you know what's sad in this conversation? Africa is the cradle of all of it. 
we be the source. And if we can't control the source, what conversation we are happening here, we are having here is baseless, really. We know they talk nothing. We need to get to a point where, if it is necessary, in certain parts of Ghana, it should be okay to teach children in their native tongue, not to be punished for speaking vernacular. Because what that teaches you is, is, is it, it's wiring your brain to reject who you really are. That is why all of our top pop mainstream artists in Ghana sound anything but Ghanaian. Mention their names. I know go mention. Kofi, follow the money. Hmm. Source is controlled. Okay. <laughs> Kofi, follow, you... you... The money. Charlie, take a drink. I'll come back to you. Okay, still right here on Joe Entertainment Unpacked. Our Twitter Spaces conversation every Wednesday at 8 p.m. right here. I have uh, some other colleagues in the media space join us right now. We have um, Mr. Dusty, Andy Dusty. He's the host of Daybreak Hits on Hits 103.9 FM every weekday. And also uh, the library on Hits FM on Fridays at 10. He is also right here. Lexus Bill is here. We have uh, me, Aite Hamon. He is a channel manager for Hope Channel. And uh, we have Ameya Debra, also a very respected blogger right here with us. And still talking about how to project Ghanaian music globally. And this comes on the heels of Michael Blackson's, you know, uh, only four music stars uh, list. On Bring Champs, yes, and we are doing this discussion right now. Let me come to you, Magdalene. Now, it appears all that Kofi is saying is hinged on agenda setting. Now, how how do we how do we set any agenda at all to make sure that we get the change that we seek? How do we do that? Well, <laughs> I think it would take all of us within the space and the chain. And uh, government also plays a big role. I'll give you an example. Was it la- uh, last December or the December before? If you realize, I'm a piano became quite all of a sudden. I like huge. I like how you say I like how you say it. I'm a piano. I'm a piano. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we have a joke. We have a joke about it. That's why I'm going that way. I'm a piano became quite huge uh, in Ghana, and people didn't realize that this was something that was hugely orchestrated, supported by the South African um, uh, Ministry of Culture in conjunction with their embassy in, in, in Ghana. You understand? So what they did was they infiltrated and started bringing their DJs and all of that, investing money and all, all of that into promoting their culture in Ghana. What, we, uh, <laughs> what you realize is that in Ghana... It's like, I'm not sure how the government sees uh, culture capital. Great. We'll say we've done well with the uh, year of return and all of that. But if you take out, uh, even, even using that, music plays a central part of all of this because all these events that people are attending, it's music-based. But how is the policy directed at this um, area? How is government investing in it? How is government supporting it? How is government uh, harnessing uh, culture capital? Uh, capital? Um, take K-pop, for example. The government, uh, the Korean government invested 
sort of millions of dollars into pushing that agenda. And K-pop has become one of the biggest uh, sort of well, genre, and it's all over. It broke through America and um, uh, Europe. You understand? If we haven't got proper policies uh, guarding our, uh, our culture and using music to project uh, Ghana to the outside world, <laughs> we, we can try as individuals and as little groups, but without, um, uh, the, as Kofi mentioned, without the cultural policies, um, all this um, policing of uh, our airwaves a bit to ensure that we are projecting more of um, our locally uh, produced um, music, it is going to be a tough story. We'll be talking about this 20 years' time because we have no policy direction in terms of the creative. Let me use music, which is my forte. We have no sort of lay down plans. We are not deliberate in, in our uh, uh, quest to try and break through to other markets. We've got uh, uh, amazing, amazing acts who may not be mainstream in, in quotes, even in Ghana. But are doing amazing. You mentioned the the Wiyales and they mentioned uh, Kim uh, Ayisoba and all of these people doing amazing. Even one of Kubolo and the manifest. Some crowds they play to. You'll be surprised. But locally, how are we harnessing? How are we projecting this out uh, to the uh, outside world? So we have a lot of work to do locally. We haven't got the policies and structures to even support this. Baba Sadiq made the, made a salient point where he say uh, he said uh, that uh, within um, our uh, I, I'm just trying to remember what he said about uh, lo um, locally, but I'll I'll come back to that. So if we haven't got the uh, uh, right system set up, Kofi mentioned that music is used everywhere, and we always complaining that uh, we are not um, making money from the music. But music is heavily used locally. Radio, TV, uh, Kofi mentioned, I'll mention the number. Last time I checked, we had over 416 or 12, 412 radio stations all over Ghana. 412, out of which, uh, my last check, about 350 or so are commercial radio stations. So, which means uh, their operations are heavily based on music. We hardly have any radio station just for talk. So what's happening? Uh, for the past one and a half years, we haven't got a, a licensed collective management uh, society in Ghana because Gamro hasn't got a license anymore at the moment. Uh, AG has refused to. Uh, so the music is being used. No one is paying for it. How do the artists get money to reinvest back into their craft to uh, build such a, a strength to be able to even attempt to compete with the even their uh, surrounding African uh, countries? And it's true, Ghana music is consumed in quite a lot of the uh, uh, African countries, and the artists you haven't even heard of in Ghana, but are doing um, amazing outside of Ghana. And radio plays a huge role in projecting this. But we know all the politics that go on in radio until we sit down and say, come on, guys, let's get around the table. Let's have an agenda to push all the good music from Ghana, even locally. And 
uh, as Kofi said, when we build it so strong, they would come, investors would come because they can see, and, uh, and if we have the structure, they can see that, ah, oh, this is a place to invest, or even if we cannot make money uh, locally, we can project this act to make it internationally and we can even make money from it. Okay. Um, so that is done. We are going to be going around in circles all the time. We need the structures set up properly. We need a national agenda on how to uh, project our culture through music because whether we like it or not, music uh, travels very far and it is the, the easiest tool or vehicle to actually uh, export our Great. culture to other um, countries and other Great. Thank you very much, Magdalentin, artist manager of Reggie and Bully, School Phase, also a published shop. Thank you very much. Now, um, Kofi, I'll come back to you, but note down your points. I'll come back to you. Let me go to Trigmatic. Trig, so we're talking about agenda setting, you know, um, to the extent that somebody even says that if you find yourself on any global stage and you are maybe asked to say anything about your country, you, you put your country in the best light or in a very good light. And so um, we've mentioned the media playing a role, mentioned the government and all that. This sounds a bit jaded because it's not the first time we're talking about this. How do we ensure that beyond this conversation, there is really some action in setting an agenda? How, how do we do that? Well, I think, I mean, it starts from platforms such as these. Um, um, creating awareness is, is key because if you set an agenda and the people are not aware of why the agenda must be set, I mean, it doesn't doesn't work. And I think over the period of um, time, we, we've, been, we've been talking and saying so much and Magdalene said something and Kofi also said it and Sadiq also said it. It means that we have pockets of people trying to do something, trying to push it their own way. But like Sadiq rightly said, not, not any one person can make that happen. And it has to come as a united, uh, united front. I mean, a lot of people have mentioned cultural um, currency and cultural capital. As a matter of fact, it must be something that we must be aware of, especially stakeholders along the value chain. Because a lot of people seem not to be aware of, of, of the rush for cultural capital from even the superpowers. From, I mean, why do you think maybe a huge nation will come in and want to sponsor your culture? Because this, you know, the new or neocolonialism is not going to come as we thought it would or we think it will. It will come through culture. That's why music even from the past have been used as a tool to to create and to direct certain cultures certain cultures into and for the sale of certain products and so culture in itself from time immemorial has been a huge tool and music has been the leading drive for that and so we have to create awareness enough for people in government, for people in, in people who make policies, for people who control um, economics, for even inve investors to be aware that there is such a thing. We already do it. We already know it. But there is not that awareness. And so we are not intentional about it. I don't think that trick, whatever trick. is happening... Uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you, but is it time we maybe 
pickets? Do we demonstrate? Do we hit the street or something? Because we've spoken about this so many times on radio, in the media and all that. But we don't seem to get any results. Oh, I, I think like all you're, all you're saying, demonstrations, talking about all of that has, has, has been done. But it's been done by pockets of people. It's been done by setting people. And of course, we can't take away the, 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 Ghanaian, the Ghanaian culture that some people would like, even as we are talking here, some people will be here and when an agenda is set, a few people will step up to do it and, and, and the rest will not. And so that has also injured us a lot from the past and even now. And so for me, I think that we need, but there's a tweet I saw right now and, and I think the person is also in the group. And for me, that, 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 that really struck me um, I think I tagged you, Kwame. I tagged you in 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 that in that. And the person said um, something about the content itself, and said something about if us as creatives, how do we distinguish between us and everyone else? So, for instance, Mr. Darlington mentioned I'm a piano. When it became a thing, suddenly, almost every artist in Ghana was doing it. Um, when Nigerian, as Nigerian music or Afrobeats is the thing, are we sounding different as Ghanaians? Are we sounding as Ghanaians, like, like Kofi was saying? And so like this, I, I wish I could pull up that uh, tweet, but I tagged you, Kwame, so you can find it. And I think that uh, I'm happy it's coming from, from a foreigner because if I had said it, they would say that it's, it's coming from me, personalize it. But the person is trying to say that how different do you sound from like let's say an Omalay? Um, Trick, can I can I read can I read that? Yes, yes, you can. Okay, so um, the person I think is Ted Dix. The person is Ted Dix, and uh, the person says that one of the key issues that needs to be reviewed is whether Ghanaian music is distinct enough from Nigerian music. For instance, for the artists to break to break through global music industries. Um, and form a platform for Ghanaian music that is separate from Nigerian music. So this is something coming from Ted Dix uh, for all of us right here to muse over. Yes, so Trick, was that a tweet? Yes, that was it. And then there was a continuation of it that he said that I am not, she's not Ghanaian and it's coming from someone who's listening from, from a different place. And so for me, that's also a point, and, and like Kofi was saying, because it adds up, it adds up to who we are, and it, it defines who we are. It's not to say that, I mean, like Kofi said, I mean, if you've been punished for so long for speaking vernacular, in fact, they had school prefects, vernacular prefects who were catching people. So for so long, we've gone through a long process of programming. And so it's, it's about time that we, 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 we planted that seed of pride even in our content, even, even, I mean, look, the times where you make music, you create music or you create content. And just the fact that it's, it's Ghanaian or it's, it's shunned, it's shunned upon people, people don't buy it. And the major people who don't buy it are Ghanaians. And so these barriers must be broken. And once they are, and like if you said, like even me, anytime I pick an Uber, in, in SA, if I'm not like driving or anything in SA, I the first thing the driver does is to speak their language with me. And I'm thinking, 
why do these people always think everybody is part of them? But then it gives me, it, it tells me that they have a sense of belonging and they have a sense of pride. And it's only when you respond, then they speak English with you. You go to a high level meeting. I mean, I was at the, I was at the, the, the Grammy Gala a few days ago um, in, in, in Joburg. And throughout, I can say there was like 70% um, vernacular and they were expressing themselves. And there were people from all other countries. They are unapologetically aware. They are unapologetically speaking themselves, talking to themselves. And th there were a lot of talents. There were a lot of um, Africans who, who have the power, the money power. Then again, in terms of money power, we have to realize that investors will not just come in and throw in their money if they don't feel like they are in a sound environment. If the environment does not, it, it does not give them assurance of returns because every businessman will look at a secured financial environment before they throw in. And so time and time I say, as we gather information and we are researching, we have to learn to make some of these research results very, very open. Like for instance, if you go to, I don't know if it's changed, but we, you go to the CISA platform some time back, there was no data on Ghana. And, I, and it was there for almost about two years. There was zero data on, on, on Ghana. And so then if I'm coming and I'm looking at publishing, I'm looking at royalties that is coming into Ghana or Ghanaian musicians are making, I will think, okay, how am I going to get my returns if I don't have the data to invest in my money? All right, now if I have 100 million, whether it's USD or Ghana cities, and I want to invest it into music, I would have to fall on chance and, 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 and luck, but not structure. That would tell me that I will get 150 after five years or after two years. And so that also it, it deters investors from coming on board. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Trigmatic. Um, thanks for your brilliant submission there. This is Joe Entertainment Unpacked, our Twitter Spaces conversation every Wednesday right here from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. We make sure that we dissect all the relevant issues in the world of art, tourism, and entertainment so you understand them better. And tonight we're doing just that. Also to remind you that we are in Ghana month. Yes, so we're promoting 100% Ghana music, everything right here on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, you can join us with your thoughts. You can also request to speak on this matter. We're looking at how we can project Ghanaian music globally. And this one is something we are discussing from a statement that Michael Blackson, comedian, made on Drink Champs in that interview when uh, he mentioned just four artists in Ghana as music stars. And so we're looking at how we can expand the conversation to also uh, promote Ghanaian music outside of Ghana. And that's what we're doing right now. Let me read some messages that we've had so far. And this particular one from Ameyao Deborah, and he says that the regular thing, the fact that it was from Jamaica doesn't mean it's ever, it is ever limited to audiences, uh, audiences in Jamaica. It has been marketed well globally. And uh, we come to, um, we come to 
Hello, Hello DD Music. Oh, sorry. Um, it says exactly the self-respect and knowledge of own identity, the importance of acknowledging how enough and relevant our culture is. Being confident enough to sing in peace or make a strong statement to represent our culture heartbeat. We have this message from uh, the same person saying that Beats Menace, please have a podcast already. Beat Menace, yes, this is somebody asking you to have a podcast. Then we have uh, Super Mike 27 saying that what's the obsession with the outside world? Are we doing music for us or for the world? Are we doing music for us or for the world? I ask you, Super Mike. Okay, and uh, this one from Thomas Okine too says that you may disagree with him, but, but don't say his opinion is not true. You're also giving us your viewpoint, which may not necessarily be also true. Right here on uh, Joy Entertainment Unpacked, yes, our Twitter space is conversation, Joy 99.7 FM. Uh, my name is Kwame Dadzi. Now, I have some people who want to also join the convo right now. Let me bring them in. Yes, we're talking about how we can... Um, promote or project Ghanaian music globally. And so if you want to join the conversation right now, you can request for the mic. Okay, let me pick uh, let me pick Kofi Chemating. He's on right now. Let's speak to him. Kofi, how? Okay, um, hello Kwame and everybody else. Um, I think my submission is quite straightforward and simple. Um, I am currently, I'm, I'm Ghanaian, but I'm currently in the US. Um, I attended um, CES and um, World of Concrete in Las Vegas, and then I I went round to some of the clubs and some of the malls in um, on the Las Vegas trip. And then one thing that I realized was this: M- at least two of the clubs that I I attended. I don't know if I can mention some of the the names of the club, um, Drias Night Club, and some other clubs. They were playing Nigerian music. Can you imagine? <laughs> they were they were playing Nigerian music, and I was surprised. And then, um, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, you would know that on the Las Vegas trip, um, there are speakers on the strip, and then some. You know, most of the time it's playing music, so all the tourists around hear these, um, you know, like this music. And I was actually quite surprised to hear Nigerian music. I even I even made. Um, a video at a mall and then posted it on um, one of the WhatsApp pages that I, I am on with um, Kofi, um, the beat menace. So um, I, I think that that is another way of promoting, you know, Ghanaian music outside because the same people who attend these clubs and stuff are the ones who would stream music and so on and so forth. So that is my submission. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Kofi uh, Martin there for your submission. You can also request for the microphone and speak to this issue that we're having or we're discussing this evening. Let me um, have this one on. Yeah, so if you want to speak on this topic, kindly request for the microphone. So I put you on right now. Um, I have a couple of people requesting and so we'll be getting through to it right about now. We're still talking about how to promote Ghanaian music internationally. That is something that we're doing, yes, uh, right now. 
Andy Dusty is on. Um, before I pick Andy, Andy, please hang in there for a while. Let me pick uh, King uh, King Destination. Yes, that's his name. Hello, King. Yeah, well, uh, good evening. Uh, good evening. <laughs> so, yes, I've, I've listened to uh, the conversation. I've listened to Trick. I've listened to Sadiq. Uh, and these, these issues, I don't think they started now. I mean, way back in 20, 2010, when China O was China O, we went to China O. And from the airport to our hotel, I mean, the, the squad that came, everybody, most of them were only, I think, uh, it was D Black, D Black's boy, that, uh, what's his name? That tall boy, uh, he's in the US now. And then there was uh, John Jermaine, but the rest were Two Face and all these people. And then in the evening, and Samini was also part of it. And then in the evening, when we went to the club, I mean, that time, 10 over 10 was banging. And Charlie, it was being played in the club. Like, it was it was the thing. So recently, I also went to, um, how do you call it, um, Kenya. And one of the biggest, guess what, one of the biggest African, um, how do you call it, restaurants in Kenya is in the, is in their capital. Uh, Mama Africa. It's been owned by Ghana. A lot of people don't even know. It's been owned by Ghana. But guess what? When you enter, most of the songs they play there are Nigerians. I mean, when they come there, the aura around them, the way they move, the things they do, there's a whole lot that we need to learn. And I keep telling people that maybe it's, it, 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 will, take, it will take a while. Because like Kofi was saying, it boils down to culture. It boils down to how we're raised. It boils down to everything about us. When we get something small, we are content with it. And Charlie, we don't want to leave our corner because we are afraid of witchcraft somewhere. I mean, all these things we need to look at. And also, um, this conversation, I had this conversation with Sack. I remember very well, 2012, when I was launching John Jermaine's album at the mall. That time, the mall had uh, Rhapsodies. So I met him. I knew him way back to, to Kasahari and all that. So I met him at the car park and we we'll have a conversation and he was like I was like Charlie you they do well or the way they push the go say George Charlie I know say I they do I they go on but if like we get about maybe ten people or five people going the same way I'm going the conversation will be easier. He said it he, he said it they go on all right but sometimes it gets difficult especially when you get to where the Nigerians are and all of them are coming in their numbers and you are the only Ghanaian Conversations are always around. I spoke to Inketia, who is in the US. He's on Sarkodias team some years back. And he told me that, George, sometimes they had gigs. But even to talk to a Ghanaian person to do one or two things for them, it's very difficult. So some of all these things are things that we need to look at. The markets, the marketing area, people into brand, uh -huh. to all these kind of areas. We need to look at and push collectively because we are doing everything by our own. Government is not supporting, nobody is supporting. And this thing, it's, it needs a whole lot of cash. It's a cash cow. You can't use your salary to push music business. It, it doesn't uh. work. Like Sadiq will always say, music is being run by excess corrupt capital. And we can't run away from that. The care, a clear case okay. of um, number one. You understand? So yes, I understand where uh, Michael is coming from. But it has to do with us. What do we want to push? Okay. You understand? Great. Thank you.
Yeah, Poco Katachi. Hello? Okay, yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity granted. Yes, so uh, uh, to start with, I would say, one, I think, uh, Trigmatic mentioned on the structure in Ghana. So, for instance, I'm an investor, and I invested in one of the prolific rappers in Ghana right now by name Amorado. Now, when I started work with Amorado, there was something that, from an, the analysis I made, I later realized that, okay, so to invest in an artist in Ghana, roughly, I mean, I'm just making a rough estimation, it means you are likely to put in a minimum to make a very good impact. You put in a minimum of like 100,000 Ghana cities. So if you're putting a, a, a 100,000 Ghana cities for maybe young person who wants to, I mean, invest, because there is no structure, at some point you realize as an investor that when, when you first make your recognizance analysis, you will not really get the clear picture until you, I did not get, get the clear picture that, until I invested. However, at some point I realized that because there is no structure, which other investors who may do some analysis before and then get clear picture of it, who will ever put money in it? Because if you look at, because there is no structure, what you see is that now you've invested so much, but you're counting on chance, not on the fact that it's like, let's say you have a commodity, okay? So if I'm doing a business and there is a tangible commodity, like I'm selling sneakers, if nothing at all, I know that, oh, okay, now the business is not doing well. I can sell my business at an, uh, at cheaper prices and then get some money back. But with this music, you can invest, let's say, 200,000 Ghana cities, and then you can get zero back because music on itself is not a tangible product. It used to be when we used to sell CDs. Now we don't sell CDs. We think of streaming. And then streaming money, sometimes if you count the number of views you may get in, on YouTube, let's say you shoot a video for at a cost of, let's say, 20,000, 30,000 Ghana CDs, the number of views that can fetch you that money back is really, 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 uh, you need like over millions of views to get the money back. And how many views do Ghanaian artists really get on videos that we produce? So I think okay. on the side of the structure, we really need uh -huh. to push through. And then on the other side, I want to mention, I mean, if you come outside of Ghana, okay, I think there is something that I experience, which is a very big problem. If you need people to work with in Ghana, it becomes difficult. So I think that people like Baba Sadiq and those with knowledge, the deep knowledge about uh, investments and also uh, event organization, you don't have them really outside of Ghana. And for that matter, if you want to do anything outside of Ghana, which can put Ghana music outside of the country, it becomes difficult. And I've experienced this with many people that I've tried to contact here in Canada to work with, but you don't get people to work with. And then you don't want to risk it if you don't have uh, training or knowledge on how to even uh, organize events. So okay. I think I need to come out, those outside uh -huh. who have the knowledge and those in Ghana who have the knowledge should, should be confident enough to like work with people here who are ready to work with them.
Great. Thank you very much, Poku Katachie. Now, let me speak to Andy Dusty. He is a celebrated broadcaster. You know, he's been in this industry for a very long time. And uh, he deals with music most times. Now, one of the issues that have come up here in our discussion is the fact that, you know, the media isn't playing its role so well to make this happen. Now, Andy, you, you play music. What do you think we haven't done right in our bits of project Ghanaian music globally. All right, thank you very much, uh, Kwame, and good evening to our dear brothers and sisters here. Okay, so it's a this is a very delicate topic <laughs> with the question you've asked. I think that we don't appreciate our music, period. I joined in a bit late. When I joined in, Beat Menace was talking about um, reggaeton, how even the Latinas or Latinos created their own Grammys, they have their own space, and they are enjoying their music. I'll give you an example. In Jamaica, I have not been to Jamaica, but I know for a fact that Ghana is bigger than Jamaica right? With their size, population. Uh-huh. How did their music travel all the way down south, up north, east, west, globally? How did it happen? Jamaicans accepted reggae music as the only genre they know and the only genre that the country is identified with. What are we identified with? So, our country is proliferated with too many genres. Today, the artist is making Afro dancehall, making dancehall, making reggae, making high life, making hip life, hip cont, hip disease, hip this, hip that. Too many genres. And so, as confused as most of the musicians are, the presenters or DJs are also confused because it is mixed. And so we are not towing one direction or one line. Listen, our DJs will say, look, I was at the beach recently. And along the beach, there were speakers, too many spots, too many drinking spots. Count them. I took time to count almost 10 pubs. And none of them, I think only one, was playing a Gasmilla song. The rest were all Nigerian songs. All of them. For a minute, I felt like I was walking on the streets of Lagos or Abuja. Do you understand? So the problem, yes, the DJs are a part of it. And the musicians themselves, they don't tow a certain direction. Most of them are confused because Trigmatic did a song and a famano. So Gasmila also did it. Uh, next time, let me try it the way Amrado did it. And let me try it this way. Let me try it this way. We don't have a direction. I've been to parties where I'm busily playing music and everyone was glued to their seats. 
All of them were glued to their seats. No one wanted to get up and dance. It took one bold lady that walked up to me and she, excuse my language, foolishly gave me her phone with a tall list of Nigerian songs asking me to play any of them else they're leaving. How? I was asking myself questions. I was forced to play. This was at Paul Adumoche's house. Big parties with, big party with MPs and, you know, big people. And all of them were seated until I touched one Nigerian song. Then they all got up to dance. And I felt so ashamed. Like, really? What's happening? So the problem is us, the people. We don't like what we have. So you can play everything and they won't mind you. I've put myself to the test. Whoever has been to my concert or may have seen me perform, know that I can do a two-hour set or four-hour set of undiluted Ghanaian songs. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. And whoever has been to my concert or see me perform on any stage would say that I'm so right unless, well, maybe in, in very, very, very difficult situations. Because if we don't do it, no one will. And there are a lot of um, um, celebrity DJs who can also join in and fan the fire. We can do it. But as much as we do it, if the people say they don't want it, they don't want it. Ah, Christmas, check. Coachella, Afrochella, all of them, check. All the songs that we're playing, even Ghanaian DJs will step up on the stage and do like 90% Nigerian or foreign songs and very few Ghanaian songs. Why? It's like we have no association. Meanwhile, we have a union and nothing is happening. So the problem is the people. Now, one other thing, let me let me end with this. That um, they say structure, structure. Everyone seems to be talking about structure. We don't have a structure. Okay, so if you want to sell cement or you want to go to Dubai or Turkey to go bring stuff and sell, what is the structure? Is there any structure? I don't think there's any proper structure for that. Yet people go there, buy their goods, bring it here, find a way to sell it, get their monies, go back and keep trading day in, day out. What's the structure? So if we don't have any proper structure, what is the structure we as businessmen or people in the industry also have to project it? Are we relying on structures to make sure that we thrive? Question for the gods. Thank you very much. Are we relying on structures to make sure that we thrive? Yes, this is uh, Andy Dusty. Uh, speaking to us on this particular conversation right here. Joy Entertainment Unpacked. My name is Kwame Daz. Now, let's go straight to the speakers for tonight and then uh, wrap up. Kofi, your hand is up. It's been up since. Uh, yeah, let, let, let's hear you, Kofi. <laughs> it's, it's been a very interesting conversation. Um, I mean, Deborah said something that um, reggae was very well marketed and so on and so forth and the fact that it was made by jamaicans doesn't necessarily mean it's only meant for jamaicans and i totally agree however to buttress my point even further right when you ask your average Ghanaian 
what is our most unifying music? And I think it's frankly very unfair to shove high life down the throats of every artist or performer in Ghana. It's, it's unfair because people may not have, the fact that they're Ghanaian doesn't necessarily mean they have the, the, the same lived experiences. You understand? And as an artist, you have to be true to yourself. However, you can't be in Ghana and try to sound more Jay-Z than Jay-Z himself. Yankee people no go mind you. Can you imagine what it's going to sound like if you saw a Chinese person who has never set foot in Ghana? The person has stayed in Guangzhou from birth and decided to do high life music and sing some phony tree. We go laugh them. But, but, that's not to take away from the fact that we have some brilliant Ghanaian reggae musicians and artists. In fact, one of the producers for Burning Spear, who is a legendary reggae artist, is a fancy guy, he's a Ghana boy. Sizzler's album released in 2015, Ghetto Utology. Um, he has a band, it's, it's not Far East Band, it's, uh, I've forgotten the name of the band. All the boys for that band inside the Labadi Boys. They play beach reggae sad and tire for Ghana with and just go Jamaica. Where they go much of the place. So those things they. But I have a problem. When you speak to a guy, you'll be typical Ghana and ask him what is your music? And you tell Kwan Logo. Meanwhile, Kwan Logo come 1950s. So are you trying to tell me that before the 1950s, the guns no get music? It is a problem. It is a problem. I can tell you one thing for, for a fact. Black Hole. I'm probably one of the most unspoken, biggest fans of Black Sheriff. And I'll tell you why. He had a song. I've forgotten the title. It just skipped me. It made crazy numbers on Boomplay. This was before First Sermon. I don't know if... Oh, what would be the title of the song? This was before like he became like a viral sensation. From his first I think it's song, funny. Sorry, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Money. yeah money. Yes, you listen to Black Hole, and even though they, they rap, they sing, his melodic cadence is hundred percent high life. Hundred percent. And the reason Black Hole easily stood out was the fact that Charlie, the guy in sound, people know they feel pegam to anybody else. He just sticks out like a sore thumb. But in a country okay. where every old person in our village, I don't finish. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to I be quite a I know, but yeah, but I in know, a country I know you, where I know, I know I, you can summarize for me, so <laughs> we want to go at 10. <laughs> don't worry. In, in a country where every old person for village be witch or wizard, it'd be a problem because we've lost a lot of our culture. You understand? It's lost. I saw a, a, a cookbook that was prepared in the 1950s for what they called home economics. You know, it was basically a finishing school that mostly uh, ladies or women attended to learn how to keep the house, learn how to do certain things. And it was a, it was a pretty voluminous book, pretty heavy book. But at like 80% of the recipes in there, I never hear about Amsef before. People along the coastal towns from the Inzimas, the Fantis through to the Gans, they used to have a food called fisherman soup. And the critical ingredient in the soup be seawater. How many of us know these things? Year of return, year of return, you come, you have a few Coco Co's, Republic Bar, go to Bloom Bar, go some nice places, attend Afrochella. If you're lucky, you go to Cape Coast Castle, you know, you go on the Gram. Uh, if you're lucky, you might do the Kakum Walk. You never go up north. You know, they go Volta region. 
you know, they go certain parts of eastern, western region, upper east, upper west, northern, or savannah regions, all these things. It'd be a problem because you can't come to Ghana. So you'd ask yourself, what is the real Ghanaian experience? Mm-hmm. You check into a five-star hotel in Ghana for them to package Alata Samina to give like the best quality dove soap in anywhere in the world around for their money. Go mm-hmm. to Japan and see. They are traditional rice soap. Who did Jerry Charlie Newham? Don't go there. Andy Dossie said something. In my earlier submission, I was bashing the media entities, and here's why. Art, and especially music, is one of the art forms that can reorient or change somebody's way of thinking without their permission. Why are Ghanaians asking for Nigerian music? Because that's what they keep hearing day in, day out. To fix that, the media, it needs to start from the media entities. You understand? So you can't necessarily blame the consumer. And also, you see, it's a catch-22. And you can't necessarily also blame the media entities. Why? Because most of them pay their bills from advertising. Advertisers would bring their product or service for you to market um, because they're guaranteed you have a certain reach to a certain demographic of persons that fit the description of the people they want to sell their product or service to. So if you keep playing Nigerian music, you shape the taste of the public to appreciate only Nigerian Afrobeats, and then you stop it. People will go where they can listen to Afrobeats. Then you start losing advertising dollars and CDs. That Great. becomes a problem. So it's a catch mm. It's not. It's not as easy as it sounds. He did ask if you want to bring cement into Ghana to sell. Yes, there is a system. Uh-huh. Okay, you pass through customs. Sometimes you even get certain payments and things. You understand? It's not yeah. as easy and direct as it sounds. But music is intellectual property. It's one of the few things in life when, uh, sorry, which when you have or when you take possession of, it can serve you, can generate income for you, can feed you for your entire lifetime, your entire lifetime and 70 years after your death. So whoever inherits your property or your estate benefits Good. from that. So those things need structures. Somebody said they were in Las Vegas, uh, Kofi Tremantin, uh, he said he was in Las Vegas, and he had um, them playing Afrobeats music. The reason that is, is because these artists are signed to publishing companies that have licensing agreements with entities that take charge of these venues. If we do not have structures, we can never get there. Let's be clear about this. Okay. Kofi, let's be wrapping up now. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, so. that's my submission for now. Okay. Thank you very much, Kofi Beats Menace, audio engineer. Now uh, we need to do a quick wrap of this conversation. Let me go straight to Baba Sadiq, who is a music and media entrepreneur. Uh, Baba Sadiq, uh, our final words now. We're looking at how we can... Promotes Ghanaian music globally. Let's do that uh, maybe in one minute. Sorry. Okay. So I think that it should also start with appreciating uh, the business element of it. In all the markets, all, all the genres that I've managed to take over the world, essentially, if you look at it, the source and the base of it is if you follow the money, you would see it. I always keep saying it. Follow the money, follow the money. Everybody talks about the reggae example. Reagan did not just take on the world because Jamaicans, the two million Jamaicans, identify strongly with it, but it was also projected to the world by the powers that be. Without the network of the mega labels that had signed some of the bigger 
reggae exports that took it across the world, it wouldn't have. Today, for a lot of reggae people that have become reggae experts, if you go to Jamaica, for instance, you realize that the purest reggae fans, their hero is not Bob Marley. They like their Peter Tosh and all of those things, but you cannot take away Bob Marley in the projection of reggae to the world. How did he do that? He couldn't have done that without the network and the systems that had been built by some of these globally uh, uh, resonating uh, labels. They had to put an investment and a machinery behind him to be able to do that. So again, if okay. you follow the money and you follow the trail, you would have seen that particular thing. Again, come back to in terms of appreciating the business. When everybody says, oh, the structures, the structure, the structures, essentially, I, I think that what they are referring to is the laws or the policies. There are a lot of it. Currently, there's one of the most most relevant that we haven't brought our minds to, the creative, the creative industry bill. It is fresh. It's about two to three years now. It's not obviously been executed in the ways that it should be, but it gives industry that sense of structure. The next part about it, when you talk about the structure of industry, is uh-huh. availability or lack of well-run business units of industry. Well-run business units of industry. Okay. Without the laws, you would have to have a semblance of people really pro- really trying to do well or run their businesses well. So you take the advertising industry, for instance. I'm sure that advertising or people working in the advertising industry or communications industry will not tell you that, oh, we don't have a structured industry. You know why? Because beyond, look, their most important bill has not been passed mm-hmm. for the advertising bill. Please however, be wrapping up for us. Yes. However, seconds, please. because there are a lot of well-run advertising companies, the likes of Innova, the likes of, um, okay, uh, <coughs> Ogilvy, the likes of all these businesses are in the system. Okay. Because they, they strive to ensure that they are run properly as businesses, they are still able to attract that international partnership that helps them to attract talent, attract um, resources across the world to be able to do things that can still be able to that can that that can that can still be taken or measured by the global standard. Thank you. So me, mm-hmm. I think that we should be able to trail the money, most importantly. Okay. We okay. need to be able to strive to make sure that the business element of the street is well run and managed well. Thank you very much, Baba Sadiq. Uh, let me go straight to Trick Matic. Trick, uh, sorry, we need to do this in 30 seconds. I beg you. <laughs> okay, then uh, I guess all I can say is um, we should start implementing what everyone has said. Um, but 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 most importantly, I, I just want to say that, I mean, if you decided to go into any kind of business, you would have at least want to constantly learn about the business if you were selling anything tangible. So I will also urge all of us to look around us and and and, and be be hungry for information in okay. order to empower ourselves and, and and that will help us in setting the right agenda. But I also want to say a big shout out to uh-huh. DJ Mensa. Oh yeah DJ Mensa yeah 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 Charlie. Thank you very much. Trigmatic. Magdalene, please, in 30 seconds, let's... let's okay. Wow, I think uh, Sadiq and Trigmatic have touched on some of the things I wanted to say, but I think it's it's about time our uh, artists as well have proper structured teams because we have actually referred, uh, myself and Reggie from Reggie Moli referred one of our biggest artists to uh, A&R for one of the big labels, uh, we, we were very disappointed because they didn't even have an electronic kit, which is a basic, 
and in a structure of how they operate as a business. So I think we we need to start looking at those aspects, as Baba Sadiq said, to, okay. to run, run these things as businesses. Okay. So uh, we are ready when the opportunity comes as well. Thank you very much, Mark Darlington, also an artist manager and a publisher. Thank you very much, Kofi Bitmenes, who is an audio engineer. Andy Dusty came through. We had uh, Baba Sadiq, music and media entrepreneur. We had a trickmatic musician and all those who also uh, came on the space tonight to contribute or to listen to us. My name is Kwame Dazi. It's being Joy Entertainment on Pack Twitter Spaces produced by Philip.